Hello and welcome to the third episode of Second Opinion. The subject for this episode is The Blueprint. World events are random, spontaneous and unplanned. Globalization operates through a structure designed to effectively facilitate organization and coordination between and in countries. Government and law enforcement prevent anarchy and the media inform us of the most vital and relevant information in our world and individual countries. Corporations are money driven but never at the expense of customer safety and the technocrats running such global corporations are self-made, independent and philanthropic. However, some see world events as coldly calculated and long planned. Globalization is the long planned incessant centralization of power into the hands of a tiny few globalists, government and law enforcement imposing and enforcing this globalist agenda and the media nothing more than a PR machine for the globalists and governments worldwide. Corporations, the vehicle not the origin of such centralization of power and their technocrat owners nothing more than front people to introduce technology and policy advancing the agenda. Here to provide a second opinion on these issues is David Icke, a former goalkeeper, journalist, news presenter, politician and, since 1990, a full-time investigator into who and what is really controlling the direction of the world and why. David has written over 20 books exploring his ideas, including blockbusters for the genre, such as The Biggest Secret, Everything You Need to Know But Have Never Been Told, and The Answer. David has been researching these subjects for over 30 years and has traveled to over 60 countries with presentations in 25 of them. I will be talking with David about these subjects, as well as the structure of society, human life and of course COVID-19, as well as asking him what the answer is and how we can create a world where the people are respected and told the truth. So David, I know you've talked and written about this many times, but can you just kind of give a brief outline of your story? And what got you started on this path? Well, I was um, I was born in Leicester, uh, England, uh, in 1952. Uh, grew up on a uh, working class uh, council house estate, and uh, my great uh, passion when I was a kid is I wanted to be a professional footballer, uh, which I eventually uh, uh, became. But my uh, my career was cut short at the age of 21 with um, a rheumatoid arthritis, and I became a journalist. Um, a news journalist on newspapers and radio and then uh, moved up into television with the BBC in Birmingham, moved to uh, the BBC in London as a sports presenter um, and uh, in the 1980s became a national spokesman for the British Green Party. And uh, then uh, some strange things started to happen to me um, through uh, 1989. Uh, I had this feeling that if I was ever alone i wasn't alone if i was in a room and i was alone that it felt like there was some presence there and this went on getting more and more powerful and tangible until the uh, the spring of 1990 when i uh, through a series of um coincidences shall we say ended up uh, in, in a psychic's front room um and i went there thinking uh, well would she pick up what the hell's happening to me uh and i've never seen a psychic before but um and she did. And um, uh, I told the story before. I, I was going to go out on a world stage and reveal great secrets. Um, 
that um, I would face enormous opposition, but, quote, they would always be there to protect me. And that um, there was a an awakening of humanity coming from uh, a, a, a coma, basically, uh, of perception. Uh, and uh, in those uh, in those days, of course, the early 1990s, there was absolutely no evidence of that whatsoever. But now it's uh, completely uh, transformed. Enormous numbers of people are looking at the world anew and uh, realizing that the forces they see are not the forces that actually are running the show. And the COVID era, shall we say, has, uh, has brought that to the fore like never, never before. Yeah. And um, when you see the numbers uh, marching through London in uh, demanding freedom and uh, an end to the um, fascistic lockdown restrictions, yeah. um, then you, you realize that um, uh, this, this great number is continuing to grow of people who are saying, well, hold on a minute. What is this world that I'm living in? Yeah. Um, so I know you, you said before um, that you basically feel that you are here. You've come here uh, as you were told at that time to basically tell a story and tell the story of the way the world's really run and who's running it and why. And so who does really run the world? Yeah, it's kind of funny that, you know, we're when like the media have um, made fun of me and ridiculed me and, you know, oh, this psychic told him that. Uh, well, um, if you just look at the, um, the, the books where I've written about that story, um, what I was told in 1990 is fricking happened. <laughs> That's a bit like this. Uh, uh, and what happened after I left uh, uh, home uh, and I was still working for the BBC at the time, still a national spokesman for the Green Party, no, not for very much longer. Uh, I started, and this is this is was part of what I was told um, uh, by the by the psychic Betty Shine. Um, my life became the synchronistic journey of walking into information. Um, it would come in personal experience. It would come in meeting people. It would come in meeting whistleblowers. Coming across books. Coming across. Um, uh, documents, etc. And what became clear very early on, I'm talking 1991, 92, is that uh, the people that appear to be uh, running the world, like prime ministers and presidents and all these people, were actually just um, uh, quite low-level gophers, um, very low-level gophers, some of them, in a global hierarchy. Uh, I call it the global cult. And it operates like a spider's web. You've got um, the core, what I call the spider, which operates outside of the public arena. And this uh, global spider's web is made up of uh, secret societies, semi-secret groups and organizations you see in the public arena. Um, and uh, each strand in the web is a secret society or an organization. And so around the, the spider, uh, here, at the core of the web um, are the most exclusive secret societies. Uh, most of them don't even have names, so they're more difficult to track down. And I'm just jumping on, on that. Yeah. How, how did you, I've always wondered this, how did you find out about them if they don't have names? How did you know that they exist? Oh, because of the what I've just said. Um, it, my life has been a... Uh, uh, this this journey where this information has um, has, has fallen into my lap, 
Um, and don't forget, um, A, I've been doing this now for 31 years, and B, I've been to over 60 countries researching this. So um, I've come across enormous numbers of people and enormous numbers of information. And it's, it's, it's been a bit like, well, very much like um, being handed puzzle pieces when you're doing a jigsaw puzzle. So the, the early pieces, well, you know, you, you, you put them together very slowly, but the, the more the picture emerges, the quicker the later pieces go in. And, you know, um, when I do a jigsaw puzzle, not that I've done one for a long time, what I'm looking to do is find all those straight pieces. So I get the frame, first of all, within which the picture is, 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 is it going to emerge. And in that sense, in terms of this research, it's a simple question. How the hell can a few people control billions? Because on the face of it, it seems it's impossible, but it's not. It's very straightforward if you get the structure in place. Yeah. Um, because uh, y- you have this, um, this global web. And it's fiercely compartmentalized, as I'll I'll, I'll go on to explain, whereby the vast majority of people, even serving the web, don't know the the real picture and the real inner core and the real overall agenda. Only a few people know that. Uh, And so if you look at a secret society, take an individual secret society. They are fiercely compartmentalized in what they call degrees. And what are degrees? They're levels of knowledge. So if you look at the Freemasons, for instance, um, say the 33 degrees of the Scottish Rite, um, the um, the bottom three levels of degree, the so-called blue degrees, that's where most Freemasons are ar- around the world. Uh, and, the, and you only progress to the next level if that next level decides that, that you can jo- join that next level. And it goes up and up and up and up. And eventually in the 33rd degree of the Scottish Rite, you've got the uh, apparent uh, peak of the... Uh, of the pyramid, but it's not. There are uh, there are chosen people that go through the top of these secret societies and into another level of this uh, whole structure, uh, where the real agenda is played out and the real knowledge is is known of a where it's going and why and what's ultimately behind it. So if if, if you take that structure and you apply it to the web in 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 general, that's how it works. Um, for instance, like I was saying, you've got the spider at the center. Then you've got the strands immediately around the spider. They're the real exclusive secret societies. That's basically the level where they know what it's all about and what, what's happening and why and where we go. And then you come out uh, into the, the level of the web, still in the hidden, uh, of secret societies we do know, like the Freemasons, the inner core, that is. Uh, the uh, Knights of Malta, Knights Templar, uh, the Jesuit order in a core and so on. Uh, and then eventually you, you reach what I call the cusp organizations. This is the point in the web where the hidden meets the scene. And here you find um, semi-secret organizations in the sense that we know of them, but yeah. we know the real uh, uh, agenda that they're, they're playing. Well, some of us have worked it out, but I mean, most people don't. I'm talking about the Bilderberg Group, uh, which was started in 1954. Um, I'm talking that, about... That's appeared in the mainstream media, the Bilderberg Group. Yeah, it has now, yeah. When, when, when I started on this journey, when, when, well, in the 1990s, um, uh, the Bilderberg uh, Group was not known uh, at all. It was a real alternative uh, level uh, knowledge of, the, of its existence, really. 
you know, I, I remember in the 1990s um, writing about this stuff. I actually went to a Bilderberg uh, meeting in Switzerland. Another, you know, amazing synchronicity uh, is that there was an American journalist, alternative journalist, um, who who really focused on on tracking the Bilderberg group, and and he had a kind of email uh, mailing list you could join, where he would tell you where the the, the Bilderberg meeting that year was going to be. It was usually known very late, just before it, it's it yeah. began. There was someone that was leaking it from the inside. Jim was his name. Uh, say again, Jim Tucker. That's him, Jim Tucker. Yeah, yeah. and and so. Um, I was uh, on holiday with some friends um, at, at staying at a friend's house in uh, in Switzerland when the the, the Jim Tucker email came that um, it was uh, being held in Switzerland and it was about a maybe a two hour drive from where I was and I went there and, and I, I went there before the the meeting started a couple of days before and it was on the top of a mountain with some extraordinarily expensive hotels uh, and. Um, and I, I looked around and they were putting the, all the barriers up and all the people were there and the security. And then uh, I went back uh, on one of the days that it was um, it was going on. I couldn't even get on the mountain. They had the Swiss police at the bottom of the mountain. You, you turned off the main road to go up the mountain uh, quite a long way. And they were stopping you. And I, I stopped. You talk about compartmentalization. I, I, when the guy stopped me, he was a bloke, in a, a, a police officer in a, in a big yellow luminous jacket. No, not yellow. Sorry. Um get used to yellow don't you orange uh, and um so i said to him what's going on there and he, he genuinely didn't know it was just something going on and you, you you know weren't allowed up there um and who was up there were major players in world events meeting people and uh, other players uh, without the public uh, ever knowing but because of tenacity um, as you say the Bilderberg Group has now entered um, entered the, the, the mainstream arena, uh, and as a result of that, it's a lot less influential than it was before. But these cusp organisations also include um, the Council on Foreign Relations in America, the Royal Institute of International Affairs in London. You, you know, watch the think tanks. So these these think tanks are are uh, very important uh, vehicles for imposing this agenda, of, which is leading, uh, as it has been from the start, to a, a global fascist, centralised Orwellian state. Yep. Uh, and and uh, so uh, then you have the Club of Rome. The Club of Rome uh, was uh, created in 1968 specifically to exploit environmental concerns to justify the centralisation of global power. This is where the whole um, human caused climate change uh, 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 narrative came out of, and when and when you look at the um, things like Agenda 21 and 2030 out of the United Nations, um, they you look at their agenda, it basically is the centralisation of global power based well, on climate change. Exactly that, and you know this this you see when you start to connect the dots and connect the strands in this web's case, um, you start to see amazing common themes. So um, just. To, 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 to very quickly finish the um, finish the web, and I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. back to that. Uh, th these cusp organisations are there to um, take the the agenda that comes from the spider, the core, and they play it out into the public arena, because then you start to hit that level of the web, which is the world that we see. It's governments, it's banking systems, it's uh, major 
global corporations. It's the medical system. It's the, the media. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you, and it's Silicon Valley big time. Uh, and the World Health Organization. Yeah. So you, you, at the level of the, um, the public arena, everything appears to the public as unconnected. So you wouldn't think the World Health Organization was connected to Facebook and, and, and Twitter and YouTube. But actually the web connects them both. Yeah. World Health Organization was created by the Rockefeller family, who are a massive, massive, um, web family. And and uh, the same web um, controls the Silicon Valley corporations. And this is how you get the coordination where your Facebooks and uh, and, and Twitters and uh, and YouTubes uh, actually said publicly they were going to um, promote the World Health Organization version of quote COVID and censor those who were challenging it and going against that agenda, which is what they've done uh, with, uh, with, with an hysteria that beggars belief. And, and it's, be one. it's because they're serving the same web, you see. Yeah. yeah, just a question that people might have, and you've kind of answered it anyway, but people would say, well, maybe YouTube are just trying, or Facebook are just trying to stop people hearing misinformation at a time of a alleged pandemic, and we're going to get into the pandemic as well. What well, in, in, I know people would ask that. Yeah, but in that case, the BBC would be censored by Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. I mean, that, what pours out of that organisation are, are lies on a level that beggars belief. Um, last Saturday, we had hundreds of thousands of people walking through London, as we did a few weeks ago, uh, protecting yeah. against uh, the uh, lockdown and, and demanding that, that freedom uh, is returned. And, and the BBC and uh, Sky News and these major media organizations didn't even cover it. Uh, the lies are unbelievable um, uh, in, in their uh, scale and even in the, you know, their, their intensity in the sense of even mild criticism is now um, uh, not allowed. It's because, we'll come to this, the COVID, um, the COVID narrative is so ludicrous so ridiculous, so unsupportable by the evidence that the only way to um, protect it from exposure is to silence those exposing it. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing. That's why you have this uh, uh, enormous amount of, uh, of censorship that's growing all the time. So, so this, this web um, uh, has an agenda for the world, which is the centralization of global power. So uh, if you, if you um, look at, um, at the, the, the COVID hoax, because that's what it is, and the human-caused global uh, warming hoax, the climate change hoax, then um, you see some amazing parallels. One, the solution to both is the centralization of power and the imposition of fascism. And uh, even the personnel is the same. See, you say to, you say to people, who, who's, the, who's the face of the COVID hoax uh, or, or who's the face of, of COVID globally? And they say Bill Gates. Yeah. Well, Bill Gates is one of the um, uh, front people for human cause climate change. In February this year, in the middle of this alleged pandemic, and it is alleged, um, he, he produced this book saying how the world must change to, to um, respond to the climate emergency. Then um, you've got the... World Economic Forum, uh, which is actually the vehicle that, that produced Greta Thunberg, by the way, uh, headed by a bloke called uh, Klaus Schwab. World Economic Forum is funded by Gates. 
And uh, they um, have been uh, right at the, the forefront of uh, saying the world must change because of COVID-19. And at the same time, um, they're saying that COVID-19 is the opportunity to change human society to meet the challenge of, of the climate emergency. Uh, Klaus Schwab produced a book, I've got it here, uh, there, called um, COVID-19, The Great Reset, in which he is um, bringing together um, the, uh, the need to change society, centralised power, that's what he's saying, to meet the climate emergency and saying that COVID-19 offers that uh, opportunity. And, you know, in that book, um, this, this guy came out in the, in the summer of uh, 2020. He is laying out an agenda for the world that I've been um, exposing in my books for 30 bloody years. Yes. He's even talking um, in that book about the need to connect uh, uh, humanity to artificial intelligence. And to create this this global grid of artificial intelligence, that's been important. This is exactly what Silicon Valley is promoting. Yes, and that, so that kind of that's it, what you said about the web. Exactly that. They're all promoting the same thing. Exactly that. And 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 no matter what these uh, characters say, no matter how it can be exposed as utter mendacity, they're never censored, of course, um, in the way that people telling the truth are. So, uh, you know, this, this is how it, 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 it all pulls together. And, I mean, here's Klaus Schwab uh, and the World Economic Forum confirming that what I've been saying for 30 years is correct. And uh, I, I just, uh, just at the same time, I'm censored by uh, all these major corporations in Silicon Valley for saying what um, yeah. uh, for much of what uh, Klaus Schwab is now saying the world must become. Yeah. And just for people listening, um, I've got seven of your books up there. And so I know that. What you said is what they're saying. I've read it. Um, so, um, the, the next question, I guess, is you kind of went into it a little bit, but um, what is the, the structure of control and what are the techniques used to manipulate this agenda into place? Well, the, you, look, you look at the mathematics, okay? Well, the mathematics show you where the answer is for start, but the the mathematics are that um, a tiny few people, by comparison with the global population, yeah. is directing the, the direction of the world and the lives of the global population. And so there, if you take the core of the core of this uh, global web, you get it in one room. That's how, how few there are ultimately at the core. Uh, and I think, Just a quick question I've wondered. Um, it's, it seems to be that the Rothschilds are top of the pyramid, but do you think there's other family networks beyond them that we don't know about? Or? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there, there will be uh, people in the shadows that you, you'll never have even heard of, but the Rothschilds are right up there, and so are the Rockefellers. Um, and, and in so many incidents, incidents uh, around the world uh, over the years, you've seen the Rockefellers and the, the uh, Rothschilds move as one unit because they're serving the same agenda, they're serving the same... Um, uh, web. So it is possible to find out who is the ultimate controllers on on the level of this world, should we say? Well, um, it, it, it it depends on how much information you can uh, you you can elicit. There comes a point where people are in no way on public display, operate completely outside of of, um, of the public arena, uh, and 
even even the Rothschilds operate largely outside the public arena. You don't hear them mentioned much. Um, but you go deeper where they don't operate in the public arena at all, and that's obviously a, a great challenge. But, you know, the, the, the point is, um, uh, as we survey the world now, is not ultimately uh, what is behind it um, so much as what the heck do we do about what we're facing now? What we know about, yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, like I say, the, uh, the numbers uh, of people being manipulated compared with the number of people manipulating them is ridiculous with yeah. the difference between the two. And then you take law enforcement, even the military as well as the police, and, and you add them to this group. Uh, and you're still looking at tiny numbers compared with the global population. And so you um, can uh, enforce things physically in small areas, in certain areas at certain times. But you can't impose on billions and billions of people um, globally physically you can't do it what they're trying to do that by connecting uh, the human brain to ai which they 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 are openly saying that's what they want to do now yeah. but, but but to for the future but even that is another another version of perception control really yeah. the 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 whole foundation throughout human history because it's the only way it can work yeah. so the few control of the many is you have to control the perceptions of the many so people behave and respond the way you want them to. So what we've seen with COVID, what we've seen with um, human cause global warming and all these other elements to this is a global um, psyop, a psychological operation to control the perceptions of humanity. I've read um, documents over the years, um, you know, insider documents, military documents that describe this. So we're calling it, uh, people calling it, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. I've read the documents where they talk about how to uh, manipulate the perceptions of the population so that um, they uh, act the way you want them to. And uh, if you look at um, who's driving the COVID hoax, it's not even doctors or virologists, although some of them are involved, obviously. The, the real drivers are psychologists. If you look at this SAGE organization, the, the uh, supposedly main scientific organization advised the UK government, uh, it's dominated by psychologists, people like Susan Mikey. Professor Susan Mikey, who's always being um, uh, quoted and, and, and appearing in the mainstream media, which is uh, red flashing lights for a star. Um, uh, who uh, is demanding and has demanded that people have to wear masks, that kids have to wear masks, that, oh, no, we, we can't uh, uh, have lockdown come to an end. Um, she's a behavioral psychologist yeah. and also, by the way, um, a uh, fully paid up member of the British Communist Party. And like all these, um, uh, you know, uh, communist extremists of her ilk, um, uh, she's filthy, bloody rich at the same time. Um, so uh, it's psychology that is is driving this. So there are two uh, techniques that I've been using or talking about for um, for what well, decades and decades now. Uh, one I call problem, reaction, solution, and the other one I call the totalitarian tiptoe. 
Problem, reaction, solution is a psychological manipulation technique that is used all the time. Yep. Uh, 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 you, you want to change society in a certain way. And you know that if you openly <coughs> announce you're going to change society in that way, you know you're going to get big pushback. Yep. So you don't uh, do it open. Number, <coughs> excuse me, number one, you create a problem. It could be, uh, well, the problem uh, is designed to elicit the solution that you want, the outcome you want. So it could be a financial collapse. It could be a government collapse. It could be a war, could be a terrorist attack, and it could be a health crisis. Um, you then tell the public the version of that problem that you want them to believe and the reason the problem is happening that you want them to believe. And that's dead easy, as we've seen in the COVID era, because the mainstream media and people who laughably call themselves journalists will just repeat the official narrative without question, which is what's happening all the time. Um, and you want at stage two of this technique to get a reaction from the public, a reaction that's based on fear, outrage um, and, and all these uh, kind of emotions, because what you want is for the public to say either <clears throat> um, something must be done, what are you going to do about it, or be open to the solutions to that problem that you've created, um, that, um, that you're proposing. And stage three of this technique is that those who have covertly created the problem or the illusion of a problem, because to, to manipulate human behavior, you don't necessarily need a real problem. You just need the people to believe there is a problem. Yeah. So um, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq is a classic. They were never there. Yeah. But because the public or enough of the public were persuaded they were there, they, they, they justified invading an entire country with horrendous consequences. Um, on the on the basis of weapons of mass destruction, they absolutely knew from the start weren't there. I call that part of the technique a no problem reaction solution, which is what COVID-19 is and what the human caused climate change is. So you have the problem covertly created or the perception of it. The public then are open to the solution. And then you who covertly create the problem offer the solution to the problems you've created. And that solution will be an advancement of the agenda towards um, more and more global control that you would never have got away with without the perception of the problem or, or the real problem that you've created. And its stablemate is something I call the totalitarian tiptoe. This is where you start at A and you know you're going to Z, um, but you know if you go to Z in two bigger leaps, the change is going to be such that... Um, that people are going to say, what the heck's going on? So you do it in incremental steps, each one connected to all the others, but uh, they are promoted and presented to the public as completely random, unconnected happenings. Uh, and, and, and you're moving towards this, um, this global uh, centralized Orwellian state in, in, in steps like that. So a, a great example of the totalitarian tiptoe is the European Union. Because you start out with um, it's just a free trade area, the common market, yeah. good jobs and all that. Yeah. Uh, you go, well, hold on. Um, it would be much more efficient if we if we had, you know, more cooperation, which means centralized power. 
And then you had the Maastricht Treaty and the Lisbon um, Treaty, etc. And, and you, you by step by step by step, totalitarian tiptoe, have the whole of Europe centrally controlled um, by bureaucrats in Brussels, effectively, um, not even elected. Uh, and although uh, Britain is um, officially outside, it's massively influenced by um, by the European Union, um, uh, even so. So these are some of the, 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 the techniques. But the key the key technique to manipulating psychology is fear, because once you can get people into a state of fear of something, people look outside of themselves for something that could protect them from what they they fear. So if you look at the COVID situation, well, that's just a classic. They uh, terrified the global population. Um, well, not all of it. Um, into believing that there was a, a deadly virus. And the the first uh, lockdown um, was um, was was there was no pushback at all, really, apart from some of us, but the general population, none at all, because they believed there was a deadly virus. And they believed that the best way to deal with it was to go under house arrest and shut the business down um, and, and uh, just to flatten the curve for three weeks. And then, uh, of course, um, what's happened since is um, has woken a lot of people up who, who accepted it at the start because they're seeing actually they're being lied to by the hour, never mind the day. Uh, but it was fear and continues to be fear that is the, the, the psychological driver of the whole COVID hoax because you've, um, you know, people got used to the to the first virus, actually non-virus, but they got used to the illusion of the virus. Yeah. Um, and, and so um, they had to, um, and people, people were getting much more laid back about it. Oh, yeah, virus, virus, COVID-19. Do you know anyone who's had this bloody thing? No, I don't know anyone who's had that. Do you know anyone who knows anyone who's had it? No, no, no. Um, so now they, 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 they have to up the ante on the fear so that they can keep using that as, um, as an excuse for further fascism. And so they come out with variants. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's it's very difficult to have a variant uh, of a virus that doesn't exist because yeah. staggering as it may seem to people, uh, many people watching this, there's not a scientific paper on planet Earth that shows that this so, uh, SARS-CoV-2 exists. None. Yeah. I, I've um, I've gone into the the science um, a lot in the in the podcast before, so and I've looked at what was it fifty two papers now, yeah, and um, none of them have proved it. By the way, by the proper isolation technique of isolating a virus, none of them. No, and um, people people say, well, well, how 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 can you how can you have a how can you transform human society with a virus that doesn't exist. It's crazy. You know, people are dying. People have got cases. Well, well hold on a minute. Well, let's just to analyze that. Um, as I say, with a no problem reaction solution, you don't need a real problem. You just need the illusion of it, the perception of it. And people will behave as if there is a problem when there's not. So this is, this is how they pull the COVID out. Uh, number one, um, they need cases. But they haven't got a virus to give them cases, genuine cases. Yeah. So what they do is they use a test called the RT-PCR test, which is not testing for the virus. It, uh, it's, it's creator, Kerry Mullis, an American, won the Nobel Prize for inventing it, said uh, it cannot detect infectious disease. But they, they wheel this bloke out called Christian Drosten out of Germany, a virologist, a man you wouldn't buy a used car off. In fact, you wouldn't buy a new one off him. Uh, and uh, he um, 
came out in January 2020 with the protocol to use the PCR test to test for SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19. And immediately, no, no peer review, none of that, um, immediately the World Health Organization um, recommended this uh, Drospin protocol. He did it with one or two other people. Um, to, to the member countries, which is pretty much the whole world, to use to see if people were um, infected with this virus. And um, as uh, Kerry Mullis said, um, all the PCR test does is make lots of some things out of something. It, it makes lots of copies of, of genetic material. And the, the more the, of these copies you make, the, what they call amplification, the more um, of the genetic material in the sample is, put, is picked out by the test. And so the more uh, positives you get, not for a virus, but for genetic material in the sample. Uh, and, and, and so um, even if you look at um, this guy, Anthony Fauci, and you shouldn't, I mean, the man should be in jail for the rest of his life. Um, but he has uh, said that if you go over 35 cycles of amplification of the PCR test, basically everything above that is fake positive. Actually, 100% of them are fake positive as well, too. But let's just take his protocol uh, or his um, his contention that you go over 35, forget it. And, and uh, what has the National Health Service in Britain been using? 45 cycles of amplification. At least, at least one laboratory has been using 50 cycles of amplification. And as someone said, uh, at that level of amplification, the PCR test would test positive for uh, SARS-CoV-2 for a stone. Um, and, and this is why, you know, it's not even a joke. Uh, the, um, the Tanzanian authorities sent uh, a pawpaw fruit sample and a goat sample to yeah. be tested, uh, putting human names on the sample, and both came back positive. And uh, a German politician sent uh, a sample of cola to be um, to be tested under a human name, and that came back positive. I mean, it's, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. So that's where the cases are coming from. And this is why you, you, you have all these people who test positive and have no symptoms, because there's nothing wrong with them. Yeah. And, and then, just by the way, just so people know, um, the, um, the leader of Tanzania said um, that it, it was actually the inside of the fruit. It wasn't like, you know, you could think someone with COVID touched the fruit and then it tested positive. It was the inside. So it's just madness. Even if there was a virus, how could it get inside? It can't. Yeah, and and, and what um uh, what they then needed was was deaths, um, and so um, they didn't have a virus, but they they had to find deaths. So what they uh, introduced was this uh, process of if you test positive for a test not testing for the virus and die of any other cause within 28 days, and it's longer in some cases. Um, then COVID-19 goes on the death certificate. So we've had people um, in in some cases in America dying of gunshot wounds and having COVID-19 on the death certificate. Yeah. People people knocked over, people dying of cancer, people dying of a heart attack. And this has given them the uh, the death count. And there's been a massive redesignation of um, other conditions uh, to be COVID-19. So. Uh, why has flu basically disappeared worldwide in the COVID era? Flu has flu-like symptoms, obviously, and they say that COVID-19 has flu-like symptoms. So flu has not disappeared at all. It's been redesignated COVID-19. Yeah. And, and, and the key, the third point in this trinity of deceit is, is this. Um, I've been writing for years about what I call the Hunger Games Society. This is the plan 
to create a global uh, human society that has a tiny few at the top of the pyramid um, running the whole thing that at the bottom has basically the rest of humanity and in between has a a police military state because they're, they're meant to be fused eventually imposing the will of the the few the core of the cult in other words uh, on the population and stopping the population rebelling against the against the few uh, and uh, so if you're going to create a situation uh, where the population is dependent uh, on the few, prime, prime to that is you have to destroy the independent livelihoods of the population. Because while they have independent businesses and employment with independent businesses, they're getting their income without having to be dependent upon you. Mm. So. You, you've got to get rid of them um, to have total control via dependency of the population for survival upon you. Yes. Can and I just jump in there? Um, I, I've said that to, to people and they've said, you know, that the idea is that, um, or I've said that the idea is to have like a, a cashless electronic currency that they only get if they do what the state says because they're now dependent on the state. And they've said to me, well, where's the money going to come from if the smaller businesses are destroyed? How are they going to pay for that money? Doesn't appear out of nowhere. They still need to. People will still need to pay the government to, for them to be able to facilitate that. Um, well, I would answer that with a simple question: Where have the trillions come from in um, COVID um, uh, bills and COVID? Um, response bills in America alone. Trillions. Trump did one. Uh, Biden's done pretty much two now. Where's that come from? Well, they just bloody print it. Uh, because, you know, you, you, you've got to see, see what, the, what money is. Money, money has no value unless people believe it has no value. It's not backed by anything. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I hand you a, 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 a £10 uh, note, uh, for payment, you accept that because you you accept that the ten pound note represents some wealth. But if you um, if you look at the same ten pound note and think that's just a piece of paper with someone's face on it, yeah. it actually in and of itself it's bloody worthless. Then the and money if, it, and if it was printed with twenty, it would be worth twenty. Yeah, the money becomes uh, 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 worthless. And uh, but what they want is is complete collapse of the financial system so that they can rebuild it. This is the Great Reset um, in the image that they want, which is which is one of, uh, of total control, a completely cashless society. Um, and uh, the, that first appeared in my books, The Cashless Society Agenda in 1993. Yeah. And and what was the one of the first things that the uh, Gates controlled, Rockefeller controlled, cult controlled, Director General of the World Health Organization, Ted Ross, said, a complete crook, by the way, um, early on in this COVID hoax, he said um, it's possible to get the virus off money. So it's best to use cards. And, and if you look at what's happened in the COVID era, cash has basically flown out of uh, circulation. Uh, uh, because of, uh, of this, you, you go to even some small businesses now. 
which were all cash before, and they'll only take cards. So the, the cashless society agenda, which is, uh, you know, like I say, it's in bit on my book since 1993, um, ha- has been advanced massively um, by, the, uh, by the COVID hoax. So you have um, uh, this situation where you want to destroy the independent livelihoods of the population so they become dependent on you. And there's something else that's been in my books for years and years and years is the plan for what, uh, what is termed a guaranteed income, which will be a pittance, by the way. And, and you'll only get it if you do what you're told. This is uh, the, the social credit system, et cetera, in China that's, uh, uh, that's already in place. Um, and uh, now, since the COVID era, you know, governments and authorities are, are openly talking about uh, the introduction of a guaranteed income. This is the very phrase I've used in my books for years that this was the plan. Yeah. So, so where I'm going with this in the third element of this three-pronged deceit, the cases with the test not testing for the virus and the, the fake death certificates, um, is they had to find a way of not only isolating, i.e. locking down, putting under house arrest, uh, people who had symptoms of something, like they had the flu or a cold, but also people who had no symptoms of anything. Uh, because um, if it was only people who had symptoms of something, even in midwinter when people have lots of symptoms of lots of things, there'd still be an enormous majority that didn't have symptoms and therefore would go on working and, and run their businesses and, and they wouldn't be destroyed. Um, and, and so for the first time, uh, they decided that everyone had to be locked down because, and this was the, the real foundation of the scam, along with the test, those that have no symptoms but have tested positive with a, uh, a test not testing of the virus or even haven't but could possibly have been, um, they, they have to be locked down as well because they can pass the virus on. Uh, and they said that with absolutely no evidence whatsoever. Uh, quite the opposite. It's a ludicrous uh, idea, uh, but it's been used to um, destroy um, the, the economy and the independent livelihoods by locking down the healthy yeah. as well as the as the ill. So that is the foundation of the of the hoax. And um, the uh, the key, uh, the punchline of it was uh, to use the excuse of a non-existent virus to um, to vaccinate the world yeah. uh, with uh Vaccines that aren't vaccines, they don't fulfill the criteria or definition of a vaccine um, and have nothing to do with COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2. It's not and, even and just, just today, uh, David, I saw uh, I saw an interview with uh, uh, I forget his title, but he was uh, someone who would know, basically. And he um, was saying that they and I think they're, they're going to do a paper on this or there is a study on this already where the spike protein that they say comes from the virus that is in the vaccine um, can be taken up in other parts of the body and get into the blood and, and it can cause inflammation, blood clots. And of course, we're seeing blood clots now and we're seeing um, adverts for strokes, which can be caused by blood clots. It's like, well, that's timely to put those adverts on TV. Um, so um, that was quite compelling to see that. that well, you see, um, the... The the whole the thing is such a, a gigantic deceit that um, they don't just lie. I mean, they're absolute frickin' whoppers. So 
if you you look at what they call a virus uh, and the particles of the virus, um, that can only be seen under an electron microscope. Yeah. And no one's ever seen a spike protein on these particles. No one's ever seen these particles do what they claim to do through an electron microscope when you actually can see can see them. Yeah. So what they, they've gone on about this spike protein and, and yeah. the scam is the quote spike protein is in the freaking vaccine. Oh, we've got yeah. to do spike protein and make the spike protein in the, in, in the virus. Well, yeah, you, yeah. you've never shown there's a spike protein in the bloody virus. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, people must if, if you know, people have only got their, their news from the mainstream media. You know, when you see these uh, pictures of this virus. Or it's just COVID, all the things sticking out. Yeah. That's a computer-generated image. Some so, of them are. Some of them are taken from a cell culture that's been poisoned and starved, and they release these particles and stuff, and like exosomes and, and other kind of particles. Some of them are the yeah. viruses either way, anyway. Exactly. It goes this far, but not only is there no SARS-CoV-2 causing COVID-19, um, there uh, is no evidence that what they call a virus causes any disease whatsoever. They've never shown that. And as you say, um, what they do is they take a piece of, uh, of, of genetic material, it might be a, you know, something up the nose or something, um, which they say uh, contains the virus, and they put it in a, in a tissue culture, and they throw in um, other genetic material like bovine stuff and horse serum and 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 then they throw in antibiotics and uh, some of these antibiotics are poisonous to kidney cells the cells that they use yeah yeah so what cells do they use in 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 the uh in in the in the dish monkey kidney cells so and what they do you've mentioned it is they then starve the material of nutrition and what happens the, 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 the cells start to degrade. And then they say, hey, look, it's the virus that caused the, um, the, the problem. But uh, what they don't do is um, put uh, material in there that's not said to be diseased, that's healthy, and see if uh, that degrades in the same way. They don't do that control experiment. But where it has been done, by independent scientists or on behalf of independent scientists, the cellular degradation has been exactly the same. No matter what material they use or whether they say it's diseased or whether they say it's not, exactly the same. Why? Because it's the process that's causing it, not the, um, not, 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 not some, some virus. And Stefan Lapp has done that experiment. Yeah, he has. Yeah. And if you, and, and, uh, I know of others, too. But you go back to a guy called Thomas Milton Rivers, um, who is known as the father of modern virology, who was extremely influential in, in this whole idea of viruses causing disease. And he was the head of the, um, the Rockefeller Medical Operation for years uh, and uh, made the, uh, the Rockefeller Operation, you know, one of, one of the, the world's... Uh, foremost quote authorities on on yeah. on viruses etc um and and what they these viral particles are simply uh, material that is released by cells yeah. when cells are poisoned either by yeah. chemical poisoning or by 
radiation. It's a response to toxicity yeah. from whatever source. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting that the same things that cause cells to degrade in the cell culture are the same things that make us ill. Yeah. Who would have thought, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so they're, they're taking a, a, a natural response to toxicity by the body and they're turning it into a disease. There is no evidence whatsoever that these particles are transmissible. None. It's yeah. insane. So, um, you know, what they're doing now, this is, this is very kind of topical. I said in an interview in um, uh, on uh, April the 6th, 2020, and, and, and indeed I did a video just before that as well, and I said there is no virus. Yeah. And I didn't do that by pulling it out of the ether. I was talking to people that know what they're talking about, and they, yeah. they were explaining how it could be pulled off. Uh, and uh, so that um, immediately got me banned by YouTube. He got me banned by uh, by Facebook and all these these other uh, uh, platforms. Uh, and at the time, obviously, when there's a deadly virus flying around, apparently, and you're saying there is no virus, um, they uh, a lot of people said that you know, as usual, the guy's freaking mad. Even in the alternative media, or you know, it's gone too far this time. But what was happening? through 2020 is more and more people and, and right up to present time more and more people were, were starting to say well hold on where is this bloody virus? where is the paper that show, shows it exists yeah. uh, you know where is the evidence of it uh, and it was gaining traction uh, and so what they've done in recent days is they uh, they've um, they've spun this line about the virus um, being uh, released from a Wuhan lab yeah uh, and they are saying that it was released by accident. The alternative media, large chunks of it anyway, are saying it was released on purpose. But the common theme between the two is there is a virus. And if there is a virus or perception of a virus, an infective agent, then whatever you may think about it and however you think it may have to be dealt with, there's something to deal with. If, if there is a virus, then you can have um, vaccines for it, in theory, and if there's a virus, you can have variants of it. So as long as people believe there's a virus, then th th this whole scam can continue. Uh, but when you don't, when you realise there's not, that's when the whole house of cards. Yeah. And isn't it isn't it amazing that the that authorities and um, virologists and the media have all and government of maybe government will eventually have all kind of said at the same time that we think. It's the possibility that the Wuhan lab could be the source. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying about the web that connects the coordination. Oh, exactly. Because, well, uh, first of all, they, they, they have to head off uh, the gathering uh, understanding there is no virus. But also the, the, there's a script uh, and there's certain things that are meant to happen at different points in the script. And so um, you will see contradictions very glaring contradictions because what what they do is they say in the moment what is necessary to justify that part of the script i'll give you an example so in the uh, in the spring of uh, 2020 when people said well you know should people wear masks the authorities said oh no masks are useless they won't be ineffective which is was actually true rare, rare truth but then uh, when 
their alleged deaths are falling in the summer of 2020 because there's fewer and fewer people for a start to redesignate COVID-19 because respiratory disease falls by about 80 percent in the summer. Um, and, and so um, and you'll notice that during summertime, they don't emphasize deaths, they emphasize cases. And during the winter, they emphasize deaths uh, because they have the redesignation potential of winter illness like the flu. So at the time in tw- the summer of 2020, when, when the death figures were falling, in fake as they are, um, they introduced masks yeah. and they make them mandatory. Because that was part of the script. And and people were saying, well, why now? Why not then? Because it's a script. And so we've reached the point now where, as you rightly said, there's been this flip. And it's classically symbolized by Facebook. Facebook, um, through this whole period, has been censoring and deleting claims that the virus came out of the Wuhan lab. Now they've they've stopped censoring that. Uh, and, and allowing people to say so because it's 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 the agenda. But you you, you look at this, um, and and I I do shake my head, you know, a bit when I see the elements in the alternative media falling for it. Uh, it's it's very clear. I mean, the evidence is overwhelming. You you know, you you look in my books and 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 other people's research, you'll see very clearly that this was long planned. Uh, so we're asked to believe that. Um, it was all long planned, and that's why it played out so fast once the um, once the thing started, and society changed so fast. Um, but even though everything was in place, ready to go, yep. uh, well, we well, we need an infectious agent. Well, what can we do? I mean, we're just going to have to sit and wait and, and, until some infectious agent is released accidentally from a lab. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Of course, it wasn't by accident. And then you think, well, OK, was it was it on purpose? But OK, you you, you want to uh, you want to release an infectious agent um, and you absolutely don't want anyone to uh, to uh, connect it to you or, or, or let it seem that, you you know, it's been released and it's not natural. So what do you do? You, you release your infectious agent down the street from the Wuhan lab, the, the, the biggest uh, security uh, lab um, uh, for this um, type of thing in um, in China. I mean, yeah. and, and you don't think that people are going to say, well, hold on. There's the there's the, um, the, the, the biggest, most important um, bio lab in China. And, and here's where it started. Uh, of course. Yeah. It's ridiculous. If you, if you were going to do it, you'd do it somewhere else. Yeah. Nowhere near the lab. So there was no connection was being made. Yeah. Unless uh, you want the connection to be made. Yes, they do. Of course they do. Because there's, there's something that I call designer manipulation. Uh, what the, their, their ideal is that everybody believes their narrative. But they know as this alternative media has, has grown, um, enormously, uh, that there's a lot of people that won't buy the narrative and will be looking for another explanation. So what you do is you give them another explanation. You give them a conspiracy, you just give them the wrong one. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the Nazis had this, um, this phrase, uh, the bigger the lie, the more we'll believe it. And it's a very powerful way of manipulation because people will think, well, yeah, well, politicians lie. Yeah, but they wouldn't lie that much at all. Yeah. Uh, but but of course they, they do. I mean, the bigger the lie, the more people will 
never believe it's a, it's a lie. It, it must be true. They wouldn't lie to that extent. I mean, they, they wouldn't transform human society with a virus that doesn't exist. Would they? Oh, yes, they would. It's, it's, it's amazing. I, th- I think the, the bigger the crisis, and I, this is just what I've observed over the years, it seems that the more people, let's rephrase that, I think people believe more that um, authority wants to help the people. It seems the bigger the problem, people think, well, authority would want to help us in this time. You know, they might lie about small things, they might lie about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. But in terms of a massive crisis, authority and the media would only tell us the truth. That's what I've observed anyway. It seems like that. Yeah, plus the fact that the, the bigger the scale of the problem perceived, the more people fall into fear and the more people look to um, yeah. to, to have someone protect them from what they fear and they look to authority to do that so it's all part of the same psyop really but i mean uh you know i i'm, I'm going to be doing a video um, uh, at the end of the week about um uh, the way that the british government has been systematically killing old people and i'm not kidding i mean it's it's euthanasia yeah. And, and, yeah. How, and how they've done it um uh, because uh, these people have not died from covid19 They've died from the effects of lockdown. They've died from uh, a lack of treatment. Do not resuscitate. Uh, yeah, and, and, and they've died from literally being killed with drugs. Um, uh, drugs to uh, uh, end, end of life care, they call it. But actually, it's, um, it's killing them with drugs. And by um, withdrawing uh, the food and water along with um, the drugs. And um, so, so why, just the question I was going to ask earlier, but I'll bring it in now. Um, nurses and doctors who are working in hospitals where they're putting COVID-19 or death certificates, where all people are being treated like this. Two questions, really, but connected. First of all, why are more of them not speaking out? And the ones that do appear to come out, how can you know if they're genuine? How can you know if they're not just saying, I'm a doctor and this is happening? Because I know, I know, again, people will ask these questions. Well, first of all, when, when uh, doctors and nurses come out uh, and say what's going on and care workers come out, well, obviously you check that they're, they're care workers and they're, they're nurses, yeah. they're doctors. Yeah. Um, but why, why don't more come out? Because only a fraction have. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it's, uh, it's fear. I mean, the, the, the fear that's, that's being um, imposed upon the medical profession to toe the line and keep their mouth shut is is extraordinary. But then, but then, but then you you could argue that um, nurses and doctors are qualified, intelligent people, and you know they could get jobs in other areas of their professional. They could get jobs in other areas of society. They could become teachers. They could become, you know, other things in other areas. Why would they fear losing their job? You know, after coming out, when when they could probably make just as much money in another profession or similar. Well, doctors want to be doctors and nurses want yeah. to be nurses. And yeah. that varies over, over. And we've seen this a, a many times, actually, um, in this COVID era. It's over the moment you speak out and say, actually, you're being lied to. This is what's going on. Yeah. And they get demonized. Um, they lose their income. I know I know nurses uh, who've um, who've spoken out and, and, and have, have, have lost their job and medical workers who've lost their jobs. They, they're not finding their jobs. Um, and, uh, you know, let's not fall for the idea that all doctors are intelligent. 
You know, I've met a lot of doctors in my life, and I've met some intelligent ones, and I've met some absolutely frickin' morons. Yeah. And, and, you know, there was a, a staff nurse came out, and, uh, oh, uh, uh, talking about the, the fake vaccines and how they were killing people, because they've been killing people on a, a, a absolutely vast scale. Um, e- even by, uh, you know, the official reporting system, which is reckoned to be between 1% to 10% only of, of adverse reactions and deaths. Um, you, you've got well in excess of a thousand deaths in, uh, in, in Britain. And, uh, you know, like 800 odd thousand plus adverse reactions. That, that, uh, you, so multiply that by, by 10, never mind yeah. going for the 1%, multiply it by 10, and then you start uh, seeing the kind of numbers that reflect what you're uh, coming across in the community. It, it has been claimed, I should just counter again, that um, some of these, um, that basically these reactions can be reported by anyone. So, you know, so a lot of them will be genuine, obviously, but you would have to factor in the, the possibility that at least some of them are made up. Yeah, but you factor in um, your own experience in the community. Uh, and you factor in the contrast between not knowing anyone who's had COVID-19 um, and knowing lots of people who have had adverse uh, vaccine yeah. uh, reactions and, and um, a, a number who've died. And then you multiply your experience by, by the, the population. And you start to see the numbers. And, you know, nursing staff, some of them anyway, have come out and said this. This staff nurse used the word genocide. It's yeah. genocide. And. You, you look at um, the deaths uh, uh, in the period of, um, of the vaccine rollout. The, the deaths start to go up, not least among old people. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the so-called crisis, which is, which is more nutrition and starvation in, in India. Um, uh, but you look at the, uh, the, the, the rising, quote, cases in India, and, and it mirrors the, um, the vaccine rollout in India. The two go up together. So, uh, you know, the, the, the vaccine is, is causing enormous damage. And why wouldn't it? It's putting synthetic genetic material into a biological yeah. uh, body. Just, uh, just a, a, another point on uh, the virus in terms of deaths. Um, just assuming there is a virus, what if the virus is, is adding to the problems of people with underlying conditions? And it's not so much the dying of underlying conditions that the virus is causing them to die because they had other underlying conditions when if they didn't, they would survive. Well, um, if you look at the average age of people dying and the average age of people dying of, quote, COVID-19, they are the same. They're in the same two, two year period, two, yeah. three year period. So yeah. and, and uh, so you, you're not getting more people dying um, yeah. because of COVID-19. You're getting uh, people dying because of the effects of lockdown and this this uh, uh, or this genocide that's going on in the um, in the uh, in the in the elderly. But but I'll go back to that staff nurse. Um, she she said that um, she had uh, met a doctor, a GP, yeah. and had said to the doctor, um, "Have you had the the jab?" Yes, she said, and she she started asking her questions about it. This GP who was being paid to put the vaccine in, in patients did not know what was in the vaccine, yeah. did not know that it 
it was operating with emergency approval, not full approval, because the trials have not been uh, completed. And then she goes to a consultant, this this upper uh, echelon of doctors, we're told. And he'd had the jab and he didn't know it either. Yeah. Oh, well, nobody knows, really. What we've got to what's do. What's in the vaccine. Yeah, what we've got to do. But he didn't even know what, what's, what's claimed to be in the vaccine by the manufacturers. Yeah. Uh, what we've got to do is, is, is re-evaluate our perception of doctors. You know, what doctors do, this is how, how doctors come about. They, um, they want to be doctors, okay, so they go to medical school. Yeah. They get told at medical school how the body works, um, and, and much of it is nonsense. Um, and uh, they're told how to treat disease and all this stuff. They then go into a hospital setting or a, uh, a, a surgery setting, and they have to treat patients according to what the system says they have to do. Uh, I know uh, doctors who, um, uh, one particular in, in Canada I know very well, who uh, in her you know holiday times used to travel around. Uh, she was a you know a mainstream doctor. She used to travel around the world um, looking at other ways that people are treated for various um, ailments. And she started to realize that they were working better than the scalpel and drug that she was told to administer by the system, which is controlled by the pharmaceutical cartel. And uh, so she started using these techniques very successfully on the patients and she got struck off. Um, so, uh, you know, you you and and. I've had conversations with doctors uh, about the nature of the body, how it works and all the rest of it. They are absolutely bloody clueless. All they know is what the system's told them. And what the system's told them is the only uh, real response to anything is to cut it out or, or, or take a drug. Yeah. Uh, that's not to say there are not brilliant doctors. There are. I've uh, had uh, contact uh, with many brilliant doctors and they're the ones who was saying this virus doesn't exist. Can I ask you a question on that? Um, you've talked over the years about a guy called Mike Lambert. Have you asked him any questions about this virus and just wondering what he might think of it? No, I've not had a lot of contact with Mike, actually, uh, recently since this uh, virus uh, thing uh, kicked off because, um, you know, I've been working, you know, all hours. Um, uh, to, yeah. Well, yeah. where I have ever chat with him, no, of course he doesn't. doesn't. Say, see the virus exists. Uh, anyone that looks at it um, with uh, uh, dispassionately and, and just, you know, where's the freaking evidence for it? Just show yeah. the evidence and, and then that's fine. Uh, I'm not, um, I'm not uh, uh, kind of attached to whether there is an infectious agent or whether there isn't. I just want to know if there is or not. And yeah. the yeah. evidence is there isn't. And, and this is, like I say, why this Wuhan lab leak has been played out, or one of the reasons, yeah. because they also want conflict with China, as yeah. I've been talking about for decades. Yeah. And you don't know where this is going to lead on in terms of that. Um, but uh, just ask for the evidence. You know, when people uh, say um, wear a mask uh, to protect for protection, then do some bloody research. Look into the into the background and what you'll find is there is no evidence that a mask would stop viral particles because the holes in the masks are bigger than viral particles. 
Um, but but also um, the the dangers to your health are uh, are fantastic, especially long term. I mean, you know, I feel sorry for these shop workers wearing these things all day. Do some research. Yeah. You know, when the when the uh, the government says vaccinate your child, that even according to the official story, is in no danger from this COVID nineteen, even if you believe in it. But instead of saying, oh, Johnny, you know, you go get down to get vaccinated, just do some research. Be a parent, for God's sake. Yeah. And check it out is, to see if you're being lied to. The you problem know, is, and part of the answer, part of the solution, as we'll get to, is is breaking that that kind of idea that people have and they don't need to do any research because the news and the medical experts cited by the media will tell them what they need to know and so that's I think why as well as being lazy people don't do research how do you how do you break that kind well, of can't break? I mean people people can only break it themselves because yeah. you know if people want to know what's going on there are doctors galore now because more and more have been uh, breaking out from the pack because they've, they've reached the point I'm sorry I can't stay silent anymore on this mm. um, uh, the the information is there uh, to be found, even even yeah. with all the censorship, you can still find it. Yeah. Um, the problem is that people people seem to think that the only doctor that knows anything is on television. Yeah, it's doctor, isn't it? they can't know. That's the perception. I think that, that's what people see it. Yeah, they're that's the ones to see it. Something though. Uh, that's why they're on telly. This is yeah, why. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, but that's that's. Why, this yeah. is why Susan Mikey, the 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 psychologist, the behavioural psychologist, the behaviour manipulator. He's always he's always in in um, be, being uh, uh, given her uh, uh, airtime for her views, yeah. uh, and you know there's a guy called Doctor Hillary. He's on one of the morning shows in Britain. Yeah. Man, I, I would I, I wouldn't let him diagnose an ingrown toenail. <laughs> Every time the man's mouth moves, the official story comes out, yeah. uh, and it's the same with all these people. Now, can you imagine um, a uh, television doctor? coming out and challenging the official story and lasting uh, in his job more than five minutes. No. Uh, I mean, he'd be out the door. Of course he would. So when these uh, television doctors, uh, and, and some of them are ludicrous, by the way. I mean, some of them, are, forget the ingrowing toenail. I wouldn't even go that far. Um, the, um, they're in their job because they're spouting the official version. That it's you've got to go out of the mainstream media before you find people who are genuinely seeking the truth, doctors, etc., and are not uh, spouting the party line, which 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 you know maintains their career. Uh, so uh, if you're not willing to to go in search of that information, and it doesn't take long, and no. um, then well, you you go and look your child in the eye. And tell him that you or her that you've uh, you're you're having them vaccinated with with uh, a, a vaccine that doesn't fulfil the criteria of a vaccination that 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 um, synthetic genetic material is going to be infused into their body synthetic genetic material that is self replicating so it just grows once it's in there um, and uh, you're going to do that because um, uh, some uh, here today gone tomorrow politician. Uh, in a dark suit, uh, uh, with very little between the ears. I, you, Matt Hancock, I, I rest my case. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it tells you that you should. 
well, you are uh, uh, in dereliction of duty uh, uh, of care for your child as a parent. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I've been just uh, staggered at, um, at people who've, who've had this vaccination, people who, you know, claim to be pushing. Oh, yeah, there is a conspiracy. Yeah, you can't believe what the government says. Then they go and get this this um, this jab that's going to change the genetics forever. It's it's bewildering, but that's the scale of the psychological um, manipulation that people to. Yeah, yeah. You talk about the, the government and saying people should, they're saying people should wear masks, people should get tested, people should get the vaccine. And I know that you've said that um, people like Chris Whitty and Valance know the test is not testing for the virus. Yeah, makes you so sure of that. How, how, how you can. How are you? Confident? Oh well, man. Look, look, I mean, when I, when I came out with that in in, in April, um, there were uh, 2020. There were very few people were talking about the PCR test. Almost no one. But yeah. it's everywhere now. It's everywhere. There, there's just been a, another uh, letter sent by a doctor to the uh, the British government, which is all founded on the fact that this PCR test uh, uh, doesn't. Um, doesn't test for the virus. Mm-hmm. The, 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 um, the tape, the videotape of Perry Mullis, the inventor, actually yeah. saying that, yeah. circulating across the internet. The yeah. idea that Witty and, and Valance don't know that is, is crazy. Of course they know that. And that's. Well, what, about, well, what about if they just wouldn't look at, they're just not looking at that and they're getting information from other places that they wouldn't see it? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I mean, the, well, two things, two things. Uh, first of all, if they're not seeing that, then they shouldn't be in the jobs they're doing. And B, they absolutely do know that. Um, at, at that level um, uh, within uh, the government health hierarchy, uh, given what's circulating, uh, given the, the number of, of people now uh, that are saying this um, about the PCR test and pointing this out, the idea that they don't know um, it, um, um, I mean, if they don't know, they are the last people on earth that should be doing the job they're doing. Of course, they know, um, and and they know about the amplifications. Uh, Fauci, know, of course, knows about the amplification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talked about it, uh, and they know that if the amplifications go up, the cases go up, and if they go down, the cases go down. And this is proved by um, laboratories. I can think of two in America uh, for a start who have tested the same uh, um, material um, at high and low, uh, lower uh, amplifications. Mm. And the uh, percentage of um, negatives that uh, come that were positives before at higher amplifications is, is fantastic. I mean, you know, you're up to 90% or more. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is a point to make. This, these fake vaccines are not designed to um, respond to a virus. Uh, the, uh, they are there to infuse synthetic genetic material into the body to change the nature of the body from biological, ultimately, to synthetic biological. Synthetic biology is one of the great expanding disciplines of science these days for that reason. Um, so they had a problem in that they have to somehow, even though the makers don't claim that it stops transmission uh, and they don't claim that uh, it stops you getting it, 
but they had to somehow give the impression that the vaccines were working. And so they say, oh, yes, and this, oh, all, the, all these people in lower cases, the vaccine is working and all that stuff. But on um, Biden's inauguration day, just as the vaccine rollout was really starting to motor, the World Health Organization announced that um, it's thought, totally silent before, that yeah. maybe the amplification levels of the test were too high and should be lowered by the laboratories. And as they lowered the uh, amplification of the test, the cases fell. Uh, and uh, what they'll eventually do um, is say, oh, no, um, there's a variant, Indian variant, whatever variant. There's a variant uh, and, and the, uh, the, the vaccinations don't work on the variant. We need new vaccinations. Uh, they're already saying you need a booster in uh, um, September. Uh, and, and all you do to make it seem as if the, uh, the, the cases are rising is you, you increase the amplification of the test. And, and the more you, have, uh, you do that, the more cases you get. It's a every level. Yeah. So if people like Fauci and Witty and Valance know this, why don't the people know this? Well, the people can know this anytime they they they, they want to um, uh, cast their eyes away from the BBC. That's that's lying to them systematically. I mean, the BBC has always been a government organization. While I was there, um, there was still um, genuine journalism going on. Uh, uh, when while I was there, to, uh, um, there was a director general called Alistair Milne, and he was. Um, the last director general of the BBC, this is what, in the 1980s, who genuinely uh, wanted the BBC to be a, a proper journalistic organisation. Uh, Margaret Thatcher came in and she had a guy called Marmaduke Hussey appointed uh, chairman of the BBC uh, and, uh, and Alistair Milne uh, was removed. And every director general since then has in some way, and more and more as time has passed, fundamentally, being a system server, the, the present one, absolutely. I, I, um, there was a guy called Lord Hall that was the previous one, uh, and he was head of news, uh, the BBC, when I used to work in the BBC newsroom, so I knew him. Uh, and um, they're all system servers. They're all uh, uh, do-as-they're-told people. Uh, and, and the BBC, while it's always been um, connected to government, Never, never like this. I mean, the BBC is 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 a propaganda organisation. It's Joseph Goebbels' uh, uh, level of propaganda now. I mean, when you've got hundreds of thousands of people uh, um, walking through London and stopping the traffic, and you don't cover it because of because of why they're doing it. I mean, it's 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 over. So if people uh, want to get their news from uh, their propaganda from people like that and Sky News and all these others then um, they are condemning themselves to ignorance. They're condemning themselves to perceptual programming. But if they if they go and, and look elsewhere, um, then they'll see actually a completely different uh, angle on which you can see this. Um, yeah. So it's there and, and it's a choice. You, you don't you don't want to uh, know there's another way of looking at this. Well, fine enough. Let the BBC tell you what to believe. And um, it's all choice. I mean, life, life is ever so simple, you know. It's choice and consequence, choice and consequence, choice and consequence. That's all it is. Yeah. You make choices and you take consequences for those choices. And, and if you like the consequences, you, get, you keep making the same choices. But if you don't, then if you have got any wisdom, 
you'll make different choices. Uh, and and so uh, if people um, go on um, living and seeing the world and getting their information from the sources they do, they'll go on being manipulated. It's that oh, a great phrase. If you if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Yeah. Uh, but the, the information is there. And, and, and if people don't want to make that choice, then I feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for their kids even more because they take the consequences of their ignorance. So. What is the answer? How, how do we kind of overturn this? This madness that we're living in? Well, um. A lot of it um, is dependent on um, human perception. Um, What is human society? It's human behavior. What is human behavior? Where does it come from? It comes from human perception. Where does human perception come from? It comes from information received. This is why they want to control information. They control perception. They control behavior. And collectively, human behavior becomes human society. So that's that's the uh, that's the they're the connections. And if we uh, want to change uh, human behavior and human society, then we have to change human perception. And, and so, first of all, um, people who um, dismiss anything that's different to the official narrative by reflex action have got to start growing up yeah. and finding some sort of maturity. I'm fed up and sick and tired of seeing children, in, in uh, with the greatest respect for children, in... Um, in, in adult bodies. I see them everywhere. Most of them with a mask on. Uh, and, and so th- that's got to happen. Uh, and, and if it doesn't, well, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And, and, and what have we always had? The incessant centralization of power. All through history, it's been uh, centralizing and centralizing. And now it's operating on a global level. And so the, the, the chances of a, a, a global fascist Orwellian state become possible because we're now uh, centralizing power on a, a global level. Um, uh, but the answer uh, is there. I mean, I've got in a lot of detail, but the answer is there. If you just look at the maths, a, a handful of people comparatively, you include all the law enforcement as well, like I said earlier, and you're still looking at a tiny number of people who are uh, dictating the lives of 8 billion, uh, getting on for 8 billion. Now, that can only happen if the the billions um, give their power away to authority, which people do all the time in the form of acquiescence. Uh, Wear a mask. Oh, yeah, okay, thank you. Uh, Yes, sir. I was um, was at the post office the other day. And the the, the post office, it's it's, it's ludicrous, you know. I mean, you you go, you you know, um, a delivery comes and... um, and you're not in, so they leave a card. In yeah. card, you go to the post office uh, delivery area, and uh, they allow one person in at a, at a time. That's all. Yeah. The bloke, the bloke is behind a screen and wearing a mask. Yeah. So um, I went in. I don't wear masks, of course, never have, never will. Uh, I, I went in and uh, I got my parcel, um, and I, I said to the guy, "You know, you know that." Bloody mask, it's not doing your health any good. No, it's horrible, he said, but, you know, you're not wearing it. And then I go to the door, and as I go to the door, there's a woman standing there, next one in. And as I open the door, she moved across. And I just said to her, um, I haven't got the lurgy, you know, nothing to worry about. And she said to me, you know, I haven't got the lurgy either. I said, well, what are you wearing a bloody mask for? She yeah. said, it says there you've got to wear a mask to go in. Well, I'm coming out, I've not done it. 
because I've done enough research to realize that it's a damage to health and it's 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 an irre- it's irrelevance to protecting you. You know, people say, um, oh, yeah, but surgeons wear them. Yeah, but why do surgeons wear them to stop viral particles? No, they don't. They can't. Holes in the masks are too big. It's to stop great blobs of stuff going into open wounds. And by the way, in an operating theater, the 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 oxygen uh, mix is constantly monitored because of the effect of this stuff uh, of, of masks and that. Uh, you know, there's a, a doctor, a, a neuro a neurologist who, uh, who practices out of London, who came out very uh, passionately a few months ago, uh, saying, "I'm not wearing a body mask because I know what it does to the brain." Yeah. Uh, pointing out the uh, the the impact on uh, on the uh, on the brain of particularly children and and young people yeah. whose bodies and, and not just the brain either whose bodies um, are still developing and thus need enormous amounts of oxygen for that process to happen yeah. um, and you know I, I did uh, uh, massive research uh, from 1996 onwards in America with um, uh, into mind control. Uh, and the infamous MK Ultra mind control operation run by the American government, military and intelligence services, um, which came out publicly in the 70s, but was only a fraction of it. And, and uh, you know, MK Ultra used to make young kids wear masks as part of their programming because of its effect on the development of the brain. And here we are having kids at school in bloody masks. Um, and and uh, anybody anybody know that while you're watching the BBC? Well, never never saw it on the news. No, Panorama never mentioned it. Yeah. Honestly, uh, you, uh, like, this is why I say, you know, it's you know, if, we, if we're going to turn this around, you know, we we, we need a massive infusion of, uh, of maturity in adulthood. Yeah. Uh, and in vast numbers of people, I don't see it. But what is very encouraging is more and more people um, are are awakening to it, as we're seeing. Yeah. Uh, and it's numbers. Uh, it's oh, not just numbers. It's not just marching. It's not just protest. It's not cooperating. The power of no is what will bring this down. Because the power of yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir, is what's got us here. Yeah. Power of no. You wear a mask. No. Social distance. No. Go under house arrest. No. Shut your business down. No. Yeah. Uh, believe what we say. You must be joking. No. And I know that you've not done any of that. No, I've not done any of that. I never will. Uh, I've never worn a mask either. Uh, and and you know what you see. You know I I've, I've been in shops um, uh, without a mask and people look at you and, they, and and the next thing you know they're taking theirs off. I was in a shop <laughs> recently and I walked in. They, uh, they, you know they, they've got the, this, this guy and his son and they got the masks on. And I walked in. I'm just waiting behind him and they saw me with no mask and they said, "Oh yeah, I like your staff." Um, I said, "Well yeah, well, what are you wearing a mask for?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and they took them out, took them down, because someone's almost given them permission and said yeah. and shown that you don't actually have to do what you're told all the time. But you know, if you if you look at it, this programming to obey authority and be intimidated by authority is systematic. It starts at, a, at the earliest age, and, and when you turn up at school, um, what what is school? Except a programming operation to obey authority. Uh, you've got a, a, the authority figure, the teacher, a, a bigger authority t- uh, figure, the head teacher, and um, uh, and they are telling you from a, the uh, very very early age when you have to be there, when you can leave, when you can eat, when you can talk, when you can go to the toilet, 
there are consequences for doing what you're told, and there are yeah. consequences for not. Yeah. Uh, it's the carrot and the stick. Yeah. Uh, and it's, just, uh, just, just it, a point on that, because um, I know um, people might say that they're, they're teaching children structure and schedule and... You know, you, if, if someone's talking, you can't be talking over them. And, and you know, if, if, if kids just walked out the room and then in, in the room whenever they wanted and then went to go their, to their lunch whenever they wanted, A, how can you do anything? And B, they're going to grow up thinking that's the way to act in all situations. So they need to be taught schedule and that kind of thing. Why? Say that as well. Well, you, you look at the outcome of that structure. And the outcome of that structure is that um, people fall into a reflex action, acquiescence to authority. And, and that's why it's done. I mean, what the hell are kids doing sitting behind a desk um, with an authority figure telling them what to do? When the sun's out outside, there's, there's trees to be climbed. There's uh, creativity to be expressed, and, yeah. and, 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 and you are trying to work out what frickin' X equals. Yeah. I mean, it's mad that the education system is not there to educate, it's there to program. That's why it's structured as it is. And if you, if you look at who created the American, and, and this was a blueprint for a much wider world, who created American education? J.D. Rockefeller. The same man that created Big Pharma and scalpel and drug medicine and destroyed alternatives uh, so that that would dominate. Yeah. Uh, and, and who's extremely close to the Rockefeller family, the Gates family? Yeah. Who's one of the biggest funders of um, uh, education programming in America? Bill Gates. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it, so, this, so what just mentioned Gates, I was going to again, I was going to ask this earlier. What about what do you say to people who say that Bill Gates is just a philanthropist and that and he wants to help people and cares and that's why he's fundamental to the survival hopes because he wants to help you know find the vaccine he wants to people to yeah this time of such a difficult apparently a difficult pandemic well if you if, if you if you go back um you'll see that bill gates has been preparing for this time for uh, for a very long time and um if you look at his um, vaccine history um because he's been pushing vaccines um uh, since way back yeah. he's also pushing uh, genetically modified food um, and ge genetically modified uh, um, uh, crops etc uh, which which require enormous amounts of poisons to be put on them for them to actually uh, produce anything um, which uh, is devastating to human health yeah uh, you look at the unbelievable fortune he is making out of these vaccines that he has uh, to a large extent uh, funded. Uh, you look at the, um, the history of Bill Gates and um, the idea that he has anyone's interest at heart except himself and the cult that controls him is utterly, um, is utterly ridiculous. Uh, and we have a situation where someone who knows absolutely nothing about health cares even less. Uh, otherwise, he would be pushing some of the things that he does that are so damaging to health yeah. um, uh, is um, is is running the reaction to an alleged pandemic 
for one reason and one reason only. Um, he owns the global medical system. Uh, I mean, if you and I've done this research, if you research major characters um, that are that are major players in the way that this covid hoax has played out and pushing the vaccines, then uh, all roads funding uh, lead to gates. Imperial College that's that's been uh, massively involved in this. Uh, That's where um, Professor Neil Ferguson works, who came out with the ludicrous computer models that justified the first lockdown, not only here, but in America and other countries. They're all funded by Gates. If you look at Fauci in America, massively close um, to Gates, you look at Chris Whitty. He, he, he was um, uh, involved in an operation that um, uh, a, 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 a research study, a, um, uh, a, a, an, an operation that... Um, Attracted forty million dollars of Bill Gates's money. Yeah, yeah, he did a, a, a fund like a fact finding thing in Africa. Yeah, yeah. So everything that you, um, everywhere you look, Gates is there. Gates. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the situation is now with American funding, but when when Trump said he was going to withdraw American funding of the World Health Organization, that left Bill Gates as the biggest funder yeah. of the World Health Organization. Uh, and and then then you and I I've just a book's just gone to the printers called um, Perceptions of a Renegade Mind, and 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 I look at the, these major organisations which you know you know you, you'll see a character come out or be quoted in the media, uh, an expert you see this all the time a yeah, yeah. expert say yeah yeah and 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 you you follow the you follow the money trail and they're all connected to Gates. They, 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 they're either directly connected to Gates or they work for organizations that are funded by Gates. The, yeah. world, the World Economic Forum is funded by Gates, the Klaus yeah. Rohr. So uh, th- this, um, this Bill Gates... How did... Just right before we carry on. ...web on many, many levels. Yeah. How, how did Gates know that um, the people that he funds would, would want to be part of this, you know, Presumably, if he funds them or they're part of organisations that he funds, that he would know that they would be willing to lie to the public, like you say, witty and balanced side. How do you think he knew that they would be people to ask to be part of it? Well, well, who do you choose to fund? Honest people or pliable people? I'll give you an example. Um, Ted Ross, the Director General of the uh, World Health Organisation, who um, is... uh, being taken to the uh, World Criminal Court or reported to the World Criminal Court um, for um, uh, genocidal actions when he was uh, foreign minister in Ethiopia, um, because he was part of the uh, the Marxist tyrannical um, government in Ethiopia. Um, he he um, he worked for um, Gates organisations and Gates funded organisations before he became director general of yeah. the World Health Organisation. Yeah. Of course, you you. Um, you aim your funding at pliable people uh, and uh, and people who will will do what you want. I mean, why would you why would you fund honest people? If, if yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But what I mean is, how, how did he know who they were? Was well, it just how, how 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 did he know what Ted who Ted Ross was? Because he worked for their organisation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, 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 did, how does he know like any of them are? Of course, he, he, he meets them. He talks to them. He does background checks on them before he hands over the, 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 yeah. the, the other yeah. kind of check. Um, you know, and, and, you know, if you are connected to this web um, 
at some level, then he'll know about it. And and so your your web assets are the ones that um, on one level the major web assets like Fauci for instance are the ones that you will you will fund. Yeah. And, and other people you'll fund pliable people just do what they're told. I mean you you look at uh, Professor Neil Ferguson. I mean you know the the, the I mean the, the idea that anyone would believe a word he says, especially with the uh, the background he has in in massively uh, inaccurate modeling over over many many years i why did why would um, gates be funding people like neil ferguson with his unbelievably appalling record of predicting yeah. uh, um, health outcomes yeah. because it's not about accurately predicting a health outcome it's about giving through computer modeling the cult, what it wants to justify its agenda. Yeah. So um, we we would probably be in a very different world now if uh, uh, the computer models that have been absolutely torn apart um, of Neil Ferguson um, did not um, were not produced exactly at the time they were produced. To um, to make Britain locked down, there's going to be 500,000 deaths if you don't. Uh, and America locked down, there's going to be 2.2 million deaths if you don't. And these other countries um, yeah. that, pre- that turned out to be uh, wildly inaccurate. Uh, but that doesn't matter. Of course, yeah. they did the job that was necessary at the time to get the lockdown. Yeah. And, and, and the thing as well about, about these models is they never put a date on it. They never said 500,000 people will die by this time, and they just give an ongoing total. So eventually, you do it long enough, you'll get to that total, and they say, well, "See, look, we." You'll, you'll get you'll get that total by fixing the figures and the deficit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, you know, you you look at um, very early on in this, um, Gates was pushing the lockdowns. He's locked. The lockdown is the way to um, to respond to this. Tedros was saying China's reaction was exactly what was necessary for everybody. Um, and and the agenda of the cult that they both serve at different levels, but still serve, um, uh, wanted lockdown. Uh, yeah. You know, if people look at my books, then they're, they're when I've got time to uh, connect all the dots and connect all the um, the strands of this uh, into a into a picture, what looks like dots becomes a picture. Uh, they'll see that um, the idea that Gates is anything but a um, uh, 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 has anything but a desire to um, destroy human society, so we can build um, something in, a, in the image of those that control it. The, the idea that he's got some benevolent uh, design is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, how do you see humanity's future unfolding, and kind of connected to that? Um, what do you think is the time scale for an awakening of those three? When do you think we're going to really see it? Because I, I have this concept, I've had it for a long time, of what I call the mainstream's mainstream. Like the core of the mainstream. Because there are, and I've seen it in my own experience, people who've woken up because of this COVID hoax, who are in the mainstream of society, but they're not the real, the real core of the mainstream, if that makes sense. And I, I've always known that when those people awaken, then it's all over. So, but what do you think is the time scale for that to happen? Well, the, and, and, and how do you see it unfolding? How do the, you see the awakening? The time scale depends on on human perception, human choice. 
But, you know, this uh, process of people in the system starting to speak out against the system um, is starting to happen. Because um, by this point, uh, as Michael Yeadon, the former scientific advisor to Pfizer, has said, um, I cannot any longer think of any benign reason why they're doing what they're doing. Uh, and I think there's a lot of people in the system who are realizing that because the system's not full of bad people. It's full of compartmentalized people that don't realize what they're part of. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you're right. It's, way, it's when they start to break out that the whole thing uh, starts to fall. Um, and it is starting to happen. But, you know, in the end, um, it's, it's all about choice uh, and whether people act yet fascism or whether they don't freedom uh, and uh, all we can do is keep um, putting information out there that is make, making available other ways of looking at this and pointing out the lies and inconsistencies and, and uh, massive whoppers that were being told every day all day uh, and then you know what's happened so far is that more and more people as a result of that have started to break away from the pack and stop yeah. believing what they're told. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it can take a long time before um, the cracks appear in the dam, but once the cracks appear, it can be a very short time before the dam comes down. And we are seeing the cracks appear now uh, among more and more people across the, the whole levels of society that were starting to see that actually um, what they're being told is not true. So, I remain optimistic, but um, people have not just got to see it. They've got to stop cooperating with it. When that happens, it's unenforceable. And when we start to see people in law enforcement breaking up, I mean, you know, I was I was uh, on this march on Saturday and um, uh, I was approached by a a lady who was a journalist with the BBC. And she said, I've just... I can't take it anymore. I can't. I can't be part of this anymore. And that is a process that that that, that is starting to happen. Um, yeah. And that's where the courage comes in to to say, I'm going to do what I know to be right, and I'm not just going to let um, not do that because I fear the consequences of doing what I know to be right. I, I can see now where this is going, and if we don't do what we know to be right, then I, I, the nightmare is going to unfold. So um, I'm. I'm not doing it anymore. Uh, and we are going to see more and more people doing that. And, you know, if they uh, and they are trying to prepare us for this, they've already, you know, died in Scotland. Um, if they uh, start pulling back on this June 21st, uh, where they said, oh, well, everything will be open. If they start rolling back that, um, I think. Um, and this is why uh, they would have looked at the numbers of that march on Saturday. They may have ignored it, but they've not ignored it privately. They've looked at those numbers. Yeah. They'll, be, they'll be using AI to scan social media. Not that that is a, a, a balance anymore because of all the censorship of people that are pushing back. Uh, and they will certainly be doing private opinion polls. You know, the opinion polls we see in the public arena, most of them are skewed just to try to get people to believe what the, they say the percentage uh, believes in the poll. Yeah. Their private opinion polls, which only they see, are very accurate because they're looking, what can we get away with? Um, and uh, uh, what they do a lot, a lot of the time, too, is they'll put out on the basis of um, some leak. Uh, so the media will put out the government is, um, is, is planning to do this. Yeah, yeah. 
So and then they'll watch public opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and if public opinion is 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 too too much uh, pushing back, they'll say, oh no, we're not going to do that. That that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's that's an inaccurate leak. Uh, yeah. Inaccurate media. You can't trust the media. Which um, they did with vaccine passports. They they yeah. they had to say we're not doing vaccine passports because they had to address it because people were enough people were concerned about it. Yeah, uh, but but you, what you've got to watch is that um, when they say okay we won't we won't be doing this that, that, that that's not as it usually is a holding position until there's there's more stuff along the road that they say well, actually we're going to have to reconsider this because of yeah. uh, happenings. Um, so, uh, but if they if they do um, seriously um, uh, change what they said is going to happen on June the twenty first, are you going to see a lot more people break out of the pack? Because that's going to be a line in the sand. Because uh, you know you, you can you can only tell people that this is going to happen and then not do it so many times before a lot of people start to realise the, the the pattern. And so you had, oh, yes, we're all going to be hoping for Christmas. Oh, yes, all this stuff. And then just before Christmas, no, it's 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 ending uh, uh, at the end of Christmas Day. Um, and you can only do that so many times. And if they do um, not proceed with what they say on the 21st, and like I said, they're probably back in Scotland already, then uh, I think a lot of people are going to uh, – it's going to be a, a, a line that, that – um, a line too many that for, for a lot of people that they will cross. Yeah. What, so what you see is the time scale for the awakening to happen. What 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 point do you think will, you know, you could. Yeah, but the, the awakening is meet people in the street and ask them and they'll they'll it, see it. What, where, where, it's not. It's not the it's, time scale is for that. Yeah, but this is the point. The awakening is not something where you wake up one morning and you <laughs> want to wait. It's a process and we're seeing the process and. You know, I, I see it um, obviously differently because of my experience over 31 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I remember the days of walking down the street and, and all, all I lived my life to the sound of laughter, close laughter, distant laughter. Um, uh, no one wanted to know. Um, uh, the, you know, uh, for years I was talking to empty chairs um, and so when I look at the scale of awakening now, um, it is absolutely fantastic uh, compared to those days. Um, so I, I can see that many positive things are happening. And it's, 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 a, it's a process, uh, you know, when, um, when they introduced the first lockdown, uh, I mean, trying to get people um, in any numbers to, uh, to push back on it was, was very, very difficult. Yeah. And, and now we've reached the point where hundreds of thousands of people are walking through the streets of London in protest. So, you know, a lot of good things are happening. And, uh, but it's not, it's not like something that's just going to happen. It's, ha- it's something that um, uh, increases and grows until you reach a critical mass. So, so I guess a better, a better question is, that they can't enforce it. A better question then would be: When do you predict, if it can be predicted, that we will reach critical mass? If you were to make any any kind of guess at all. Well, I wouldn't, because um, it all depends on um, how many people choose to um, break from the perceptual uh, Alcatraz. Um, uh, the way things are going now, um, it's very, very promising. And if it goes on 
um, expanding at the rate that it is, then, um, you know, I've, al- I've always said that, uh, well, always said, I've said over the last 12 months that 20, 2021 is a pivotal year. Where we are at the end of 2021 will, will in many ways, um, dictate where we go from here. Because, you know, people who can see it are already saying, if people can't see it now, they'll never see it. Well, given what's being planned through the rest of 2021, by the time we get to the end of this year, I think we will really be in a position of knowing uh, how many are, um, how many are never going to get it and how many have actually got it. Um, Because by the end of this year, if people haven't got what this is all about, then they probably never will in this lifetime. So 2021 is a pivotal year and and we'll we'll know more about what the the question uh, is asking at at the end of this year, because uh, that will be a critical time to reassess and say, where are we? A big um, part of the plan, it would seem, for this year is the um, cyber attacks that people like Klaus Schwab are talking about. Um, What? You know, if, there, if there's anything people can do to kind of prepare for that or kind of re- respond to that when it happens, because they're talking about the electricity grid being attacked and the financial system being collapsed. What could people do in that situation? If, if well, it, well I t- I'll tell you what they can do. They can they can look at the um, consequences for people of that. And I do think it's planned. Yes. I mean, they do tell us what they plan. Um, yeah. They just don't stipulate it. Well, they put it in terms of uh, we fear this. Yeah. Um, and I would say to people, look at the consequences of what would happen if that if that was um, instigated, yeah. and work the freaking thing out. Yeah. Work out what you would have to do. Yeah. Don't don't look to other people to tell you. Uh, well, what do I do in this situation? Well, work it out. Look, look at the implications for your family um, yeah. of, of that. You know, I mean, in, 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 don't don't have all your money in the bank for a start, because that that can disappear um, just like that uh, uh, in a cyber attack. Oh, the money's gone. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, when I say, as I have for decades now, that they want a situation of total dependency of the human population on the few. And I'm, I mean total dependency. Yeah. I mean, you can't do anything with, with, without permission, that you yeah. don't own ev- anything. You don't own your home. You don't own anything. You rent everything. Yeah. Um, this is all very clearly laid out by the World uh, Economic Forum. Uh, and, and so look at where this is going and ask yourself, if doing nothing and acquiescing to this yeah. is an option, if you know, not for you, then for your kids and your grandkids. Uh, and we're, we're still in a position here where, where we, can, we can unravel this. But all the time that passes that people acquiesce and this moves on, it gets more difficult. So, and, and it's because people have acquiesced up to this point that things like the cyber attacks are a possibility. If people had rebelled earlier, then they wouldn't be in that position. 
Well, we wouldn't be in this. We wouldn't have been in this position if people hadn't been giving their power away to authority for for, for the entirety of known human history. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, it, 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 this is not a new situation. It's just that it's gone on for so long that it's now reached a point um, of advancement where it seems very extreme, and it is. But the the, the dynamic that's got us here of acquiescence to authority um, by the many to the few, uh, that's been the dynamic that has been seen throughout known human history. Doesn't matter what culture, doesn't matter what era. Exactly the same thing's been happening, and that's how we got here. So you can either find a solution or you can remove the cause of the problem. And and the cause of the problem is the many give their power away to the few. And uh, while that goes on, the few will continue to rule and they'll continue to rule more um, in a more extreme way as they gather more and more power at the center. So um, it's it's time for humanity to grow up and um, not just wake up, but grow up and uh, and uh, and and stop uh, playing their part in in, um, creating what they increasingly see and say, well, we don't like this. Well, stop playing a part in making it reality then. And then we might get somewhere. Um, just a few last questions. Um, yeah, I, I've been going to that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you, in your experience, what is an effective way for people to get across this information? And also, and that's why this interview has been kind of like an introduction. Where could people start if they wanted to start researching and looking at information? Because the internet's a big thing. And, you know, where could they start to look and and how to get across the information to people most effectively in your experience? Well, first of all, I mean, they can start at davidike.com. That's an absolute library of um, information uh, which puts the daily news into the context of what I'm talking about. Why is this happening? See, the why is the thing Um, you know, you can see that it is happening. Yeah. But context is everything. Why is it happening? That's what uh, gives you the fix on, on uh, daily events. Anyone can see what is happening, at least what they can see is happening. Yeah. But why is it happening? And it's the why that connects the dots between yeah. apparently unconnected people, organizations and events. Uh, and and uh, there's videos galore there. Uh, but, I mean, and, and from davidike.com with the... Um, the uh, articles and uh, and postings that you find there, it will take you off into other yeah. uh, uh, areas uh, and yeah. websites that uh, research this. And if you are new to this, you will see um, the scale of um, research now that's going on and um, exposure that's going on right across um, the world. Uh, and, you know, I, I started out when there was no alternative media. I started out when the way to, you communicated was um, was by letter and uh, fax and uh, handing out leaflets in the street. Uh, so um, there was no alternative media, but it's massive now. And uh, so, you know, davidike.com and you you'll you'll go very quickly out into the rest of the alternative media. Okay, so final question. I know you're a busy guy, and I know you've got a new book coming out. You mentioned it earlier, Perceptions of a Renegade Mind. 
would you care to give some kind of description of that and, and any idea when it's coming out? Well, it, it's coming out as fast as we can get it out. I mean, it's, had, it's, it's just gone to the printers. So, I mean, this, this summer it will be out. I mean, you know, uh, because I, I published my own books, which I had to do because no other body would have yeah. them from about 1984. It means that um, uh, when I finish a book, it, it's, it's, it's in circulation as fast as possible. It doesn't go on, on a, a release list to go, going over yeah. a year. I mean, the, the, the perceptions of a renegade mind is very, very topical. It's right up to date. I mean, I was, I was adding bits to it right up to uh, yesterday morning. It's gone to the printers. Mm. Okay. Um, and uh, but but it's also about uh, how it all fits together. Yes. Uh, and, and on a very deep level that, you know, it gets into very deep levels of this as well. But it also is about how a renegade mind thinks, how a renegade mind sees the world, um, because there, there's a difference between a renegade mind in my definition. And even a questioning mind. You see, there's a, uh, there's a guy, he's a, a Daily Mail columnist called Peter Hitchens. Yeah. And, uh, over the last, um, or over the period of the COVID hoax, he has spoken out and written, uh, uh against the lockdown and the impositions and restrictions. And so he's a questioning mind. Yeah. But then he announces that he's had the, uh, the quote vaccine. Yeah. Because he wants to go and see his family abroad and he knows that he won't be able to unless he has the vaccine. Yeah. Now, a renegade mind would never do that. A questioning mind would, and it would say, well, you know, I don't want to, but if I'm going to do this, it, I, I've got to. A yeah. renegade mind would never do that. It would say, well, if I, if I can't do this without that, I won't do it. And, 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 you know, that's where I'm coming from. People say, well, if you don't have the vaccine, you can't go abroad. Well, I won't go abroad then. You know. If you don't track and trace, you can't go to a restaurant. Well, I'll go to a restaurant then. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean... I, and they, 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 even say, they even say you can't go to work. Well, if people just didn't go to work, then the whole, the whole thing's going to collapse. So they, they would have to remove that because it's but, like you can't function if you do that. Well, you, you've, you've, you've got a, a massive uh, percentage of health workers who won't have the bloody vaccine. Yeah, I mean, you know, Fauci's had to admit in America that that something like half the uh, uh, the employees of his organisation have not had the vaccine. Yeah, um, yeah, because you know they 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 know it. I mean, you, yeah. you, the Project Veritas organisation in America that uh, exposes a lot of great stuff uh, because whistleblowers leak leak material and leak information. Yeah. Uh, they, they put out a video of um, uh, a private um, Facebook uh, conference. In which Zuckerberg, this is in the summer of 2020, in which Zuckerberg um, was saying, "Oh no, about this vaccine, you know, it, it, you know, we, we don't know the effects of uh, of uh, uh, manipulating RNA and DNA." Or, you know, and at the same time he was doing that, um, he was um, censoring anyone on Facebook. That said exactly the same. Uh, so, so you know, it's um, it, it's it is. Um, it's, there's, there's no doubt that they know what, what this is all about. They just don't want us to know. Uh, and uh, if um, if people um, just uh, look at it just a little bit deeper, they'll see how close to the surface the truth really is. Yeah. Well, David, thank you. Um, I think it's been a great interview. I, I've enjoyed it. I could talk for hours. 
we, we'll have to do another interview to go into many other subjects. But um, I think um, it's been a good introduction to people. And hopefully people can listen and see very simply what's going on. Yeah, so well, if, um, if, if people just just make the choice to look a bit deeper, yeah. they'll be shocked at the scale of evidence there is to support the fact that um, the world is nothing like they've been told it is. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Bye. Bye.